You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about how to find out about new releases. But first, what are you reading, Bria? I read this book. I was gone for a while, and there's some books I want to talk about that were really great. Yes. And I feel as though I'm going to... I don't feel as though I am about to talk about one right now. Um, (laughs) The one I read, I read this book called Catfishing on Catnet uh, by Naomi Kritzer. Why does this sound wicked familiar? Okay, so it's based on a short story. I think with the same title, and forgive me, Naomi, because I actually don't know if it was the same title, which I loved this short story. It was from the point of view of like, um, like like an AI, like a sentient sort of AI who's like, I know everything about you because I have unlimited access to computers and the internet and everything you do. But also, I really love cat photos. Please send more. Oh, it's called Please Send Cat Photos or something. That was a short story. Okay. Is there, or more cat photos, please, or something like that. So this is a similar, it's, it kind of takes that idea and runs with it. Mm-hmm. And the idea is um, there is this sort of sentient AI who is just a, a, like, you know, in the computer world and it knows everything you put on the internet or on your phone or anything like that. So it knows a lot about you and it follows that sort of being. I hope I'm not giving that away, but I mean, that is sort of the major part of it. Um, uh, so there's this girl named Steph and Steph has... Um, her, her mother moves them like every six months because she has this dad who um, she doesn't really know what the situation is, but she knows it's very bad if he ever finds them. Mm-hmm. And so her mother every like few months is like, your dad's about to find us. We have to leave. And so they keep moving and moving, and moving. She never was able to make friends or anything like that. So she's also on this one social media web- website called um, Catnet. <laughs> if you love cats, there's a lot of cat jokes in this thing. Anyway, okay, yeah, this is what it, what is intriguing me. Yes. And so on Catnet, she has all of these friends who are like her age. And they're the only people she's really friends with. And then things start to go poorly with the dad situation and something horrible happens. I'm not going to tell you all the things that happen. Um, and she basically has to rely on all of her friends and what she and one of her friends in this room is this sentient AI and she doesn't know. But you hear it. You you hear it. You read it from both her and the AI's point of view. Oh. So you get to see the AI be worried about her and and try to help her solve her problems. It's such a cute book. It's so great. It's super loving. It's about friendships. It's so lovely. And you get really concerned about these teenagers. And I, I just really liked it. And you really love this AI. It's so, it's such a funny, the AI is very funny and loves cat pictures. Oh, the way you can join Catnet is you, like the way you're able to like get more points or whatever to be on Catnet is you have to upload cute animal photos. Because the AI Where loves can I sign You got This is a great book. I really, really enjoyed it. And I was very sad that I wasn't gonna be able to talk about it on the show. So here I am talking about it. What are you reading? Uh, so, uh, today is my first day not being wicked sick. I got taken out by, from, uh, like, a week from this ridiculous sinus infection. The only good thing about it is that I read a fuckload of books, <laughs> and they were all wicked good. What's the best one? Uh, so, I um, chose this episode to talk about this book, uh, because it's not out yet. It's coming out, it comes out in April. It is well, it's one of my most anticipated books of the year. It is the new Grady Hendrix book, uh, The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. I'm so... Sad that I haven't read this yet. <laughs> uh, I brought the. I, I came in this morning and I brought the arc for you. And the first thing I did was want to talk about this book. It's. I think it is my new Grady favorite Grady Hendrix, which is saying a lot because I love all of his books. I think it edged out my best friend's exorcism wow. for my favorite. Wow. It is phenomenal. Wow. It takes place in the. It's a very Bria book. Mm-hmm. It takes place in the nineties in the South. I know. I've read all about it. I already know about it. You're like sign me up. Yes. 
Uh, and there is the main character. She is in her late thirties. She is a housewife. Uh, and she's, you know, very stressed out with, she's got two kids and all the things that, you know, all the things that she has to do. And she has this book club and all of her other friends who are also middle-aged how or like early 30 or late thirties housewives. And this vampire, this creepy guy shows up in their neighborhood. It's not a spoiler. You very, you figure out Does very. Does he join the book club? I'm, I'm not going to tell you that. Okay. Uh, but you figure out very quickly that this guy is not what he seems and it's all about them trying to take him down. But the thing that's really like the plot of the book is it's, the book is actually genuinely scary and it's very great and very plot driven. But the thing that really makes it magical is how Grady Hendrix writes these characters, because part of the reason why nobody believes these women is because they're their housewives and right. shows and he really goes into the very empathetic detail about all the stressful shit that they have to do every day how nobody takes them seriously how no one listens to them and the way that he writes these characters is so wonderful and makes you feel like he just really sees them and sees all the work that they do and it's so great and it's just like it yeah. makes the book is fantastic Ugh, it sounds so good so sean are you reading anything new you want to talk yeah, about it? Over here, Sean. Um, yes. So, I... Uh, <laughs> you texted us about this because it was so good. I know. It was really good. And I um, I got recommended this book from a, a friend of a friend I was talking to after a gig. I was talking about the Philippines and how there's uh, a lot of um, karaoke over there and how, you know, that was interesting to me to find out. And then she was like, well, you should read this book called um, Why Karen Carpenter Matters by Karen Tongson. And it's... Who is a fellow Max Fun Max podcaster. Fun. Max Funner. And uh, and a great writer. And this book is... Also, I, I realized that I, I read a music book also by accident. Yes, you did, which yeah. you said you don't often do. Um, but uh, yeah, it's essentially about normalcy and... Um, uh, and othering and like basically this like this, the carpenters this this vision of what was so normal and white bread and how um that band is so important to the filipino people and and uh i don't know i mean it's just it's not really about the carpenters but it is about the carpenters yeah i love books like that yeah yeah, yeah it, it's really great and really um i don't know i Thoroughly recommend. So that is Why Karen Ta Carpenter Matters by Karen Tonkson. I'm reading The Southern Book Club's Guide to uh, Slaying Vampires, which you can pre-order now by Grady Hendrix. And I read Catfishing on Catnet by Naomi Kritzer. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. And Leslie wrote in with a hot book tip. Wow, wow. wow. <laughs> Sean even got in on that one. That was awesome. <laughs> Someday when we this podcast makes a lot of money, we're going to get a, a sound effect board. Oh, man. It's number one. Sean will be in charge of the sound effect board. <gasps> wow. Yes. Like one of the morning drive time shows. <laughs> that is our goal. Pod we should make producers. that a fun drive goal. I, I'd need like a an awful nickname, though. Yeah, yeah. We'd have but. to call you Slick J at the drive-in <laughs> yeah. or something. <laughs> Red Hot Sean. <laughs> Red Hot S. 
so Leslie wrote in with a hot book tip. And for, for the listener who is suffering from a lack of carry on by Rainbow Rowell material, I would like to point out that there are 4,315 works in the carry on tag at the fan fiction site Archive of Our Own. Oh. Not everything would be to her taste, but I bet if she tried out a bunch of them, she would find fanfic authors who get the characters in the same way that she does. I don't typically read a lot of fanfic myself, but it has saved me those times that I felt I would explode from my feelings about fictional characters. Oh, that's great because when this person wrote in and they were like, I really am sad that there's no more of this Rainbow Rowell book. Uh, we were like, fiction. right, we didn't even think about fan fiction. Which is funny because this carry on is all about fan fiction. Yeah, I know. We really, <laughs> but, but we kind of failed. I never read it, so. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, Liz wrote in about audiobooks. For many years, I've dealt with anxiety. Sometimes that means it takes a lot of mental energy to start a new book, basically because I don't know for sure how the book will make me feel. So rereading books keeps me in the habit of reading. On the same front, I use the audiobook versions of books I, re- I reread, Pride and Prejudice, and all of Jenny Lawson's books, as a way to fall asleep sometimes. I enjoy listening while it's playing, and my brain feels comfortable tuning, in, tuning out and going to sleep because it doesn't worry about catching every word. This is where the audible sleep timer is very helpful so that I don't wake up halfway through the night with Rosamund Pike's voice still in my ears. I am a big fan of the um, audiobook sleep timer. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't ever use it. Oh, yeah. If I, there's so a, that way you don't, so you can set it for like 45 minutes. And then, so then you're like, it'll take me 45 minutes to fall asleep. And yeah. I know that I don't, that it's not like you missed like three hours of the book. Oh, yeah. Because there have been times where I remember one time I fell asleep to, um, <laughs> Uh, audiobook of The Pit and the Pendulum by Edgar Allan Poe. Oh my Moe. God. And I woke up in the middle of the night and it was like, and then the pendulum swung. Like, <laughs> Very scary. <laughs> uh, so Jana wrote in with a wheelhouse, which is fantasy of all ages, bonus if someone becomes a dragon's companion. Oh, wow. I imagine it as if the dragon is like a, a, a Victorian lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The companion. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> and someone becomes their like pal. Uh, science fiction with found families, new adult romance that revolves around sports, non-hard-hitting contemporary and cozy mysteries where someone is basically Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> I like uh, sports romance. Yeah, we don't talk about sports at all. And like at some point we should do a sports show, but I, I know, feel like neither you tr- or I could host it. I'm Well, I've been trying to get into sport. I've been trying to get into hockey because of Jeremy. Oh, wow. Okay. Maybe, Maybe he can come on. He, well, he's been telling me about so there's some really good graphic novels about hockey. Wow, really? Yeah, it's a whole world I'm dipping my toe into. Yeah, I think I have like a a, a, gut, a visceral reaction to sports because I'm like sports. I was a nerd, and yeah, like same, there's, same. but which makes no sense because like I yeah. work out every day, you know. Like yeah. so, I don't know why I think I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't like. I actually describe you as kind of sporty. Would you really? Yeah, you work out a lot. I was the least sporty person you've ever met until well, I don't know, ten years ago or something. Well, but you're... but in high school, I literally there was a day where I this is a story I probably told where my best friend came over and she was she was like I'm gonna audition to be cheerleader audition I guess try out to be cheerleader and I was like I'm not doing that and my dad always says that was the greatest turning point in my life I disagree but he was <laughs> like yeah you really decided that you were like a bookworm then and not a cheerleader well I think we both showed it now you could be a bookworm yeah. and be sporty here we are he's jacked brook what what does a jacked worm look like. Just a bulgy? <laughs> Bulgier? Ooh. They're already kind of bulgy. That's what I mean. Mm. Kind of gross. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Before we talk about finding out about new releases, we're going to take a quick break. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Renee Colbert. I'm Alexis Preston. And we're the hosts of the smash hit podcast, Can I Pet Your Dog? Now, Alexis. Yes. We got big news. Uh-oh. Since last we did a promo, our dogs have become famous. World famous. World, like, stars on the Hollywood Walk. Okay. Second big news. Mm-hmm. The reviews are in. Mm-hmm. Take yourself to Apple Podcasts. You know what you're going to hear? We're happy. It's true. We're a delight. A great distraction from the world. I like that part a lot. So if that's what you guys are looking for, mm-hmm. you got to check out our show. But what else can they expect? We've got dog tech, dog news, celebrities with their dogs, all dog things. All the dog things. So if that interests you, well, get yourself on over to Maximum Fun every Tuesday. This week, it's all about finding out about new releases. How do you know when an author you love has a book coming out? How do you anticipate all these new books coming out? How do, the, how do these people on the internet fucking keep track of all this stuff? <laughs> okay, first, let's talk a little bit about the publishing industry and about new books. In the United States alone, there are over there were over 300,000 books published last year. That's yeah. a lot of new In books. In one year. One single year. Th- that's a lot of new books. That's a lot of new books. Yes. Um, that's 5,000 books a week. So many. It's it's rough because that does include some self-published books, but that number is weird. Like, it's hard to find a solid number that includes all self-published books. People say it might be up to 700,000, but I, it's sort of a little, like, uh, like nebulous. Wow. Um, a new book has less than 1% chance of being stocked in a bookstore. Pretty crazy. Because it, it's like it, there's, um, for every space in a bookstore, there's 100 books competing for that one space. So that is crazy. It is, if you it, think about yeah, it. it's wild. There's so many releases to choose from. So many. So first up, don't feel bad if you are like, oh my gosh, this book came out and I didn't even know about it. Yeah. Because there's a lot of books yeah, that are coming so out. Yeah, so literally you could have picked up that book or 100 others in the same book spot and you would never have known about the 99 others. Yes. So the easiest way to find out about the new releases that you are interested in is getting it straight from the horse's mouth. Talk to horses. No. Call your nearest horse friend. And Does he your will horse tell you all bookish the- horse friend? Not an athletic horse, not a running horse, horse. one that stays at home, reads a book, <laughs> and he will neigh at you and tell you all the things. Um, if horses, horses were authors. Uh, so follow authors you love. That's how I find out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, on their social media feeds, they post. They'll post. They'll. I mean, as an author who posts a lot about my new the new book I have coming out, um, if they have a newsletter, sign up for that. Uh, and if an author is going to be releasing a book soon, trust me, they're going to be posting about it. So that's yeah. most of. I follow a ton of authors on Twitter and Instagram, and that's how a lot of the time I find out if they're going to come out with new books. Although it also depends on how much you're on social media, because I do feel like sometimes I will be like, I posted about this thing every fucking day. For the last yep. however long, and I've been, all I've been doing is posting about stuff. And there's always going to be that one person that's and like, like, why didn't you tell me about I didn't this? know about it. And I'm like, wow, you think you're posting a lot, and then it turns out you're not. So when authors are posting 400 times about their books, just know that's that's what they have to do. Yes. Just, just be ready for that. And actually, something that you could do, because on my Twitter, I have a special, like, secret group of, like, people that, like, you know, sometimes you look at Twitter and it's too overwhelming. Yes. All, all the time. So all I'll, of I the time a, I look at Twitter and it's I super made a Twitter list that's just like it's like 80 people like friends and then a ton of authors and it's just like people that I'm close with and authors that I want to oh, nice. follow so and I can just look at that. Yeah, that's So nice. if you want want to do that, you could make a list of all your authors and then just check that every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Um second, thanking us for book reviews. Yeah, book reviewers are 
are amazing. Yeah, and they're all going to post arcs, right? They're going to post about what they're reading now that's coming out in a few months. Um, yes. And you can, you know, the covers might look different or, you know, it might be just way, like sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'm excited about that. It comes out next year, but I write it down for the next year. You know what? That's There's um, a, a list I have on my book buddy that's anticipated books. Nice. So nice. every time, like I follow a lot of book reviewers on Instagram, um, there's uh, my friend Liberty Hardy at Friends and Comes Alive. Uh, Lupita Reads is a great one. So if ever they're like posting a, a cute, you know, a cute Instagrammy photo of an advanced review copy of a book that I really want to read, I go, ooh, and then I put it into my book buddy. Yeah. I have an ongoing list too of books that I'm like, request this from the library when it comes out, basically. Yes. Yeah. Next up, find some book podcasts or websites that you like. A lot of websites post most anticipated book lists. So many. There's so, so many. You, you can just Google most anticipated books 2020 and find a ton of lists. Sometimes they get really specific, like by genre or, you know, by type of author. Um, our friends over at the Professional Book Nerds podcast, they do a monthly show about books that are coming out that month that they're looking forward to. That's really good. Um, there's a whole bo- podcast dedicated to books coming out called All the Books, but that's like that coming out that week. If you mm-hmm. want to go back a little bit, uh, professional book nerds does like the whole month. Mm-hmm. I there's so many websites that I check like every week because they do good lists. I look at Bustle. I look at um, BuzzFeed. Actually, does like anticipated yeah. books. So like best books coming out in April. Um, I look at Pop Sugar. My big one I look at is um, is IO9 Gizmodo, whatever you want to call it. They, they do, do like, sci-fi and they do bookshelf injection, and they're like, here's what you can have looking forward to in March. You know, yeah. and you can go and look what what new releases are coming out. I mean, the thing about these books is that you may not know that much about them because they haven't been reviewed yet if you're yeah. finding out about them and they're not, like, they're these are lists. They are not necessarily, like, recommendations. Yeah. You know what I mean? It feels like they're aggregated lists of, like, these are sci-fi books that look interesting to us, mm-hmm. but we have not read. So you're taking a chance on these books, yeah. but I like you know, I like chances. I'm a yes. risk taker, Mallory. I'm a, I love finding out about new horror books. Yeah, that's true. And not knowing anything about them. Because I'll just read whatever. I, like I have a bunch same. of stuff on my library holds, holds list that's horror that I of authors I've never read before. Yeah, yeah, same. I'm, I, we're wild cards, Bria. Yeah, we're, you know, we like to live on the edge yeah. of the bookish Bo- of the page. <laughs> <laughs> we like to live on the page. <laughs> Uh, and if you're a super publishing nerd, you can check out different publishers' websites. Like they'll, the, a lot of them will have a list of their upcoming releases. Uh, there's an imprint that I really like, FSG, and they publish a lot of weird fiction. And if you go on their page, they they have all their upcoming books for like the next year. Yeah, and Tor does the same, which I check. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tor's really good about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And finally, check out the library. Um, libraries will have upcoming book lists, which is awesome. You could ask your local librarian or bookseller what books that are coming out this year they're really excited for. Um, they're Definitely, that's going to re- lead to some really good stuff. Also, at your local library or at your local bookstore, they're going to have that new release section. You can just hit that. Hit it. If you're looking for a new book and you want to be in on like the conversations about new books, that's the place to go. Also, I do want to shout out there are uh, there's some librarians and there's some libraries that post like anticipated book lists. Uh, there is a librarian uh, who is a super horror fan. Her name is Becky Spratford, and she's basically like the queen of horror. And she is. Oh, al- that was you. Well, she's a librarian. Though. Okay, fine. <laughs> she's on the other side of things. Uh, and she posts all kinds of most anticipated lists and, and like, you know, b- books that she really likes. So if you are a horror fan and looking to find out more about new releases, definitely follow her. Also, we should talk about us. Yes, uh, because if uh, coming up next month, uh, the Maximum Fun Drive is happening, which is a yearly event where uh, all Maximum Fun shows, we're doing a big drive to uh, have members join us and support us every month, join the network. It's going to be 
awesome. There's going to be all kinds of rewards and stuff through the, through Maximum Fun, but there's also a bunch of cool stuff through us. We're doing certain subscriber goals. Uh, if we hit 750 new and upgrading members in Maximum Fun that support us every month, we will release a monthly recommendations episode of new books that are coming out that you could put on, you can pre-order or you can put on your library holds list. So if you are really interested in me and Bria getting in this game and, and telling you all about uh, books that are coming out that we're really excited about across all genres, you can check out the fun drive next month. Stay tuned for that. So you can send your thoughts to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we test out some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Dead Pilot Society brings you exclusive readings of comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Patton Oswalt. So the vampire from the future sleeps in the dude's studio during the day, and they hunt monsters at night. It's Blade meets the odd couple. Adam Scott and Jane Levy. Come on, Corey. She's too serious, too businessy. She doesn't know the hokey pokey. Well, she'll learn what it's all about. <laughs> Busy Phillips and Dave Keckner. Baby, this is family. My Uncle Tell, who showed his wiener to Cinderella at Disneyland, is family. Do you want him staying with us? He did stay with us for three months. And he was a delight. <laughs> a new pilot every month, only on Dead Pilot Society for Maximum Fun. Time to look at some book tech, advances in bookish technology. And this week, I guess you can count this as technology? Maybe a, thousand, <laughs> maybe a few thousand years ago? Uh, we were testing out a candle. Uh, there are a lot of candles out there that claim to smell like books, and both of us have smelled quite a few of them. Now, why do you think that so many candles want to smell like books? <laughs> maybe because they're it, it's pretty morbid if you think about it. Is it morbid, or is it just like people who like candles also love books? No, well, I think it's like because they can... Candles and books can never be together. Well, oh, well, they. <laughs> it's, it's a, a romance across time. It's a star-crossed lovers kind of deal. <laughs> they could never be. They could never be get too close. It's yeah, like it's a true. lady. That's true. So this is just like it's playing literally with fire. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> but I also think that a lot of people who really like candle, I think th- there's a big overlap in that. Venn there's diagram. a Venn diagram. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of people who like candles, people who like books. And in the middle is people who might want to purchase this candle. <laughs> <laughs> Cut out the middle, man. All right. So I lit it in this room we're in, which yes. is not a huge room, but it's not it's a small room either. No, it's an average size. It's average size. Studio. It's a bedroom sort of situation. Like it would be a bedroom. In I was going to say, there's no bed in there's here. There's no bed. It's not a bed. We're it's not, not like recording It's not like Shelley Duvall's bedtime stories where we're all in a, me, Sean and Brie are all in a big bed. <laughs> and we're like covered <laughs> up to our chins. Um, what, do, what do you think of it? Because you can smell it right now. Yes, I'm glad. I'm actually really glad you lit it. So I've had a lot of book candles in my life, but my best friend Lauren bought this one for me and I liked it so much. I thought we should talk about it on the show. Uh, it's by a brand called Hearth and Hammer. Yeah. Uh, the scent is Aged Page and it's the best. I think it's the best one I've ever smelled. I think in the perfect balance of like, it does smell like a book, but not in a bad way. Mm. It's kind of like slightly musky vanilla and a little bit woody. 
you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm not as good at describing smells. You think I would be. I'm an author. Uh, but it really does smell like an old book that you would find in a used bookstore mm-hmm. in a way that, because some of these, I feel like some of these book candles go like are a little too musty and you're like, this candle's just making my house smell old and bad. Yeah. <laughs> but this one actually does the opposite work of a candle. Yes. It releases dust. <laughs> <laughs> just makes your house all dirty. But this one I think I, I, is the best one and I am giving this one five out of five pages. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'm a big candle. You are big. You will. That, I actually am really excited about this because you are probably of all the people I know the best person to talk about scents with. Because I make my own candles yeah. and I've made my own perfumes. I've done yeah, a lot of stuff like that. Very scent or oriented. I am. I am. Um, I was. Sean was here the other day, and I was talking about this candle I got from Trader Joe's because Trader Joe's. Just spoiler, it has some great candles. They right do now. have really good. <laughs> they really like good their smells. Apple, apple cider candle, and they and me. they have great throw. Throw is what you call how far it reaches mm-hmm. because a lot of times you'll light a candle and you're like oh this smells great within three feet yeah but i live in a space larger than three feet i'm yeah. not putting this carrying this around next to my head like you're all day. like an old candelabra yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're in crimson peak <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but this one in particular has great throw yeah um we powerful. are in a small room and it has taken up this whole room and I extended it into when, the rest i could smell it in the, the next room over really okay yeah. yeah and i think i'm actually gonna blow it out because it's kind of getting almost too strong for me i can't have too strong of a candle yeah well, we also have much. a guest coming in and we, we do and he's him. gonna come in and not be happy um <laughs> also do you know that to smell a candle we all smell candles wrong because we stick our nose way down in them mm-hmm. but you're actually supposed to smell them like from a little bit of a distance a little bit that waft. Helps, yeah more of a waft like because it's supposed to give you the idea of the throw this one is really great um uh, it it definitely can fill up a room, which I appreciate. Um, my guess on the combo of scents is vanilla. I think that's good. Cedar, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, there's something sweet, and I think it's a honeysuckle. Oh, just a little bit? Yeah. It's a honeysuckle. I At first I thought it was a lavender, but it's sweeter than that. It's a honeysuckle or a jasmine, possibly? And I think that's actually what makes it stand out from, because I think a lot of the other book-scented candles go too far in like the woody, dusty, musky direction. Yeah. So like there's top scents, medium scents, and I know a lot about that's candle why, making. That's like I am extremely excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and their top scent, which is like the one that kind of floats away, it's not the main base, mm-hmm. I think is some sort of flower. They didn't make it like super strong, but I do think like the honeysuckle or whatever it is. Um, if they're listening, let me know because I'm actually curious what what I'm curious about your scent. It doesn't say on the bottom, so I was curious what the the combination is. Um, but here's what I'm gonna say: I don't think it smells like pages, but that's okay by me. Mm-hmm. It smells warm, like it has like a warmth to it and a comfort to it yeah. in a way that I feel like people. It's like a book, yeah. Like it's comforting and warm, and you feel like. You're you're with a book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it has the same presence of a book. Yes. Um, and the that uh, that is it has the aura of a book. And that I really appreciate. I really like it. I haven't smelled many of these candle can candle book candles. People get them for me as gifts quite frequently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do I see someone did get me a a set of them, which we should I talked about on the show before, but um yeah, I do like this one a lot. A five this out of five. Could, this could be a a a, a Book hack for someone who is an e-reader but misses the smell. Ooh, of Ooh, good books. idea! I like Just that. Like these that. book, book candles. candles. Uh-huh. So, if you want us to test out some book tech, you can send it to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. And remember, we have an Amazon wish list. If you want to get us something to test out, it's I think a- there are more candles on it. There are more candles on it. So, uh, there's a link to that in the show notes. If you want to get us something to test. 
Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Megan writes in, one thing that's been on my mind for a while is how to deal with trigger warnings when I'm talking about books with my friends. I find myself talking about books and recommending them all the time, both in real life and online. I'm never sure if or how or when to bring up any trigger warnings. Often I say something along the lines of, I love this book, but it has XX topic in it for your information. Or you might want to check out trigger warnings in this book because there's a lot in there. Sometimes a book has so many triggers and I feel weird making a huge list of all the possibly upsetting things in a book. I also might not be aware of everything that could be triggering in a book. I guess I'm curious about what you think about who has the responsibility for trigger warnings. Is it the reader's job to research trigger warnings before starting? The publisher's or writer's job to put it in the manuscript, like you mentioned in your show? A reviewer? I want to be sensitive because I truly believe that trigger warnings are important, but I also don't feel qualified to list and identify every single possible trigger in a book when I'm just chatting with someone about my latest read. Bria, what do you think? Okay, I know this is a very serious subject, but I do think it is very funny that, um, Megan walks around being like, here's my review of the book. Here's a lot of reasons not to read it. Yeah. <laughs> Here are all my reasons that you shouldn't pick up this book. Megan That's very, is the very crossing funny. guard of, of, of book reviewers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She's truly, like, I feel like she's doing superhero work right I know. Now. It's really, it's very true. And we all very much appreciate it. I just think it's really funny. And I love how... Um, uh, how how much ne- Megan wants to make sure that everyone is doing okay? Megan yeah. must be Megan's definitely like the mom of her group. You oh, know for what sure. I mean? Like we have one in my friend group where it's like the person who like takes care of you and makes sure you're okay and like makes sure you you know are not crossing the but street Megan's without the looking. Megan's the person where if someone's drunk, she's gonna make you toast. Oh yeah, well, that's very sweet. And she'll hold, hold your hair, hair back. back. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. she'll also drive you home. Okay, let's take this one question at a time. Um, is it a reader's job to research trigger warnings before starting? I think you and I both agree. Yes, for yes. sure. I think it is a reader's job. If you, especially because um, people have such specific trigger warnings. Exactly. And now that we're more and more aware of what a trigger warning means, we didn't even have this word 10 years ago. I think that it's your job to sort of be aware of that for your own self. Yeah. Um, this is why, though, you and I both advocate that we get their trigger warnings at the front of a book. We for both sure. really want trigger warnings at the front of the book. Publishers, listen to us. We are saying something that people want. The people want it. Give, it Give to the them. people what they want. <laughs> um, should a reviewer uh, bring them up as well? I think so. Yeah. I think a reviewer should bring them up. A reviewer can't cover. Reviewers ev- are doing that. Yeah, now. a reviewer can't cover every little thing. Like if you're afraid of the dark, or I don't know, some trigger warning that like I'm just like not aware of. You yeah. know, like I mean, like snakes is a big one, but it might not be one that a trigger. War- but it's not a person one thinks of. that like. Because I'm bringing that one up because of Mallory is scared of snakes. Yeah, it's a trigger. It, it's a phobia, but it's not like I don't have this. I, I think there are a few people who have snake related trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and that's the difference yeah, here. Like I'm afraid of snakes, but like I've never gotten mugged by a snake. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Sean's like, I'm from Australia. Speak for yourself. <laughs> but that's what it like. No, like a snake has never caused me psychological harm. Yeah, like I'm, I'm. You, we're using this as, as an example to because like we can kind of joke about it, but like you know, like, like there are people who have trigger warnings for a lot of other things that like actual serious life events no, have for happened. Sure. Yes, definitely. And I think what Megan is saying is great. I want to give Megan some relief. Yeah, I, I want to tell Megan, hey, you don't have to go around and name every bad thing about a book. As I feel like it's the way I do about my baking. Like when people you come do in, that a lot. I know when people come in and I'm like, I baked this just so you know, it's gluten free and vegan. So I don't, I don't know the flour ratio isn't totally correct. And so I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. But it's always good. Bria, I, you're a really good baker. Well, thank you. But the, I think this is, look, Megan can take this to heart. Megan, if it's a really good book, some people yeah. can overlook some shit. Yes. And also 
uh, you can't figure out everybody's trigger warnings. You're mm. just not going to be able to do it. So I think if there's some major ones and Megan wants to feel she's done her due diligence, like, hey, I loved this. There are some mental health things in it, like just to let you know, or there's a suicide in it. You know, like really big ones that people yeah. that are general to to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I feel like I want to give Megan the relief of, you can also just recommend a book and people, people can stop reading that book. You know, they can yes. stop, like people have that, have to ha- take that responsibility. And if you say, hey, there's some mental health stuff or there's some assault stuff, like the, they can look it up online. Yeah, And they exactly. can go and get more, more information. Because there are big ones like that, that I think like, um, I mean, maybe at some point, like, like I'll be gone in the dark. Like, yes, yes, yes. I'll be gone in the dark. There's a lot of there's a lot of sexual assault in that book, yes. and like people breaking in your house, and like, are you a person who's scared of that? You should not read that book, you know. Yeah. Or if you're if that triggers you, not if you're scared of it. I am scared of it, but I loved that book. Yes. <laughs> okay. What do you what do you what do you do? You have stuff to yeah, add? Yeah, I totally. I mean, I totally agree. Megan can you can only do your best. Yes, I agree. Um, and you might not even realize all the trigger things in a book. Like again, I'm very afraid of snakes. A lot of people aren't. They would not even think, to, like my friends, know, like yeah. when you were recommending a book to me, you're like, hey, Mallory, snake stuff in this book. Yeah. But that's because you know me. You just can't know everything. But I think that if it was a really great book, you'd still read it if it had for, Yes, for yeah. sure. There are one of my favorite, I have a tattoo from a super snaky book, Horns by Joe Hill. Is it a snake? <laughs> Is the tattoo a snake? It was, but then I covered it up to protect myself. Wow, really? No, I'm, no, I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> really funny, I got a tattoo of the snake and then I got a black bar over it. You got a snake and then every time you look down, you're like, ah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Why, why did I get this? What a mistake. <laughs> but Horns by Joe Hill has a huge snake, ski, snake scene at the end of it. Mm-hmm. But it's my favorite book of his. Yeah. yeah. So, it, like, I just dealt with it. Um, and honestly... I do think the authors and publishers should be more upfront and get on the Issa Mutsi train and put them on the book. I totally agree with you. Uh, it is, I don't think it's the reviewer's responsibility 100%, just like we said, like they just don't know everything. But I do think they can also do their best to be like, mm-hmm. hey, trigger. I see a lot of rev- reviewers at the beginning of a review that says like TW or CW for trigger content warning, like mm-hmm. sexual assault, mental health stuff, suicide, anything like that. Actually, um, what's even great is on um, all the books, they've started doing that at the beginning of their reviews and they're like, hey, if you don't want to listen to this review even, Fast forward for a minute. Uh, but I think the best thing to do is name, name, you know, be general, say that, name some of the general stuff that you know and say there might be more. And that way, again, your friend can do their own research. They can find out more on their own. Anytime, like, there's been a couple of times when someone was like, hey, this book's really intense. Like, and I've gone and looked just to see and mm-hmm. then made my own decision yeah sometimes like it, I, I i understand the impulse to protect your friends but they're also like their own people with their own abilities to find things and they can make their own decisions you're the leader of your own book journey megan you, we release you from all this responsibility yes, you're all, you can do your best but you don't ha- you the answer is no you are not responsible for all this stuff but you are invited to whenever i get drunk and i need someone to make me toast yes for you're sure. invited please come over i'll call you next megan time is probably like batgirl or something yeah that's true she's like the b- book girl yeah <laughs> instead of a mask it's like a book with two holes cut in it that she wears over her head Mm-hmm. That would be really uncomfortable, though. Yeah. Uh, so, if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy, who are on our Facebook group, and Chrissy and Rachel, who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy reading glasses, tote bags, and shirts and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show and want to do something really nice for us and make our day, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us, it helps us reach more readers. We're really close to 900 right now, which is awesome. We are going to do something very exciting when we hit 1,000. Um, we haven't 
announced it yet, but it is going to happen. Uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast. And you can always follow along on our Bookish Adventures using the general hashtag Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening and, and thanks, thanks for reading. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.